Well, all right. Welcome everyone to Blackhawk Church. My name is Matt. I'm the pastor of uh, Blackhawk Downtown and a part of the teaching team. And uh, welcome to everyone, all sites, all venues who are joining us right now. We are uh, um, in a two-week series right now, just a short little series that Pastor Chris kicked off last week that we get to finish this week called Love, Serve, Grow. And we are taking a look at this concept, Chris uh, unpacked it last week, of this um, cyclical process that happens for us as believers, that uh, oftentimes when we love people, we, we serve them. It just happens naturally. And as we serve people, we end up seeing growth in their life, but oftentimes we end up seeing growth in, in our own lives as well, which moves us in a greater way towards loving people more, which affects the way that we serve them, which causes growth. It's this cyclical process that happens over and over. Love, serve, grow. And uh, we believe that's what happens in the life of a believer. And really the thing that we are focusing on more than anything in this series is the concept of, of serving. That we would love to see everyone within our church who calls Black Hawk their home to be serving somewhere in our community or outside of our, our community to reflect the love of Jesus, the thing that we get to experience to the world that we get to, to live in. That's the reason why at all sites, all venues, we have this serve fair that's going on immediately after services. For all of you at Fitchburg, what's up Fitchburg? We've got that available for my downtown crowd. How's it going downtown? We've got that available. And then everyone here in the room, as well as all of our venues here at Brader Way, that's available for you to be able to go have conversations with people and see different ways that we can serve. And last week, Chris kicked us off with a passage of scripture that really is kind of our anchor point for these two weeks. It's a passage of scripture, if you want to turn to right now, it's in the book of Matthew, first book of the New Testament, chapter 20, starting with verse 25. And uh, so if you want to pull out your smartphones or turn there, we can go there together. But just to give a little bit of context, Jesus um, is, is in a conversation with his disciples. Now what's taken place is that the mother of two of the disciples has come to Jesus and asked him if her two sons could play the most prominent roles in the kingdom of God. So being sitting at Jesus' right and sitting at Jesus' left. Yep, mom stepped in and did that. So, I mean, if you think like helicopter parenting is an issue for today, started back in biblical times, people. We see it right there. But, uh, but and so mom steps in. So for all the other disciples, how does this go over? Well, not well at all. And so there's issues going on with the disciples right now. And so Jesus steps in to talk to them. And to paint a picture for them of an upside down kingdom that he has come to reestablish in the world. And that's what we find here starting in verse 25. Jesus called them together and said, you, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. 
Jesus came to reestablish this type of kingdom rather than us trying to climb the ladder instead to be those who come underneath. And he exemplified that in him being the son of God, the ruler of the world, the one on top who came to serve all of mankind. And we get this picture that Christ set this ultimate example. And so that's the way that our lives are supposed to work as well. Christ sets the example, we're supposed to follow him. And that's a good thing. And here's the thing that we know that, that, that all throughout our church, there are all kinds of people who are serving all over the place. But we also know that there are lots of people in our church who haven't found a place to serve. They're not serving for lots of different reasons. And it can be really easy for, for you, if you're in that boat, haven't found a place to serve, last week and this week, it can be really easy for you just to feel guilty. And, and like to feel like that we're trying to like manipulate you into a p- position by like just sort of leaning on your heart and like creating that guilt trip. Come to church, leave on a guilt trip. How fantastic is that? Welcome to Blackhawk. You know, like that's the idea. And I just want to set the record straight to say that is not at all what we are trying to do here. We don't want anyone stepping into a position out of trying to think that like somehow they're like earning their salvation or out of some type of guilty manipulation to move that direction. We don't want that. I had a, I had a seminary professor years ago, a guy named R.C. Sproul, who passed away just a couple years ago. He did a lot of writing on all kinds of different subjects when it came to theology, when it came to the church. He did some writing actually on this subject of serving and some of them have actually, some of his writings have actually become devotionals um, in the YouVersion app that many of you have on your phones. And, And he was quoted in one of them saying this, we do not need volunteers driven by guilty manipulation or looking for merits to be redeemed. Christ has taken our guilt and supplied all the merit that we need. The son of God didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So many of us have come to understand that and have placed our faith in Jesus for our salvation. And for any of us who have done that, we know that like our guilt has been taken away and there is nothing that we need to do to try to earn our salvation. And so if if that's the case, and we're not trying to guilt you into serving, then then why serve? Well, um, my job here as one of the pastors on staff is to help our church as a whole understand what it means to grow in our relationship with Jesus. In particular, my hope would be that all of us, as we're a part of this place, that we would grow in our love for God. And I believe to the core of who I am, one of the greatest ways that we grow in our love for Jesus is by serving. That's what I want to unpack for us today. And I'd like to start by taking a look at a passage of scripture, another passage altogether. If you have your Bible open, turn with me a couple books over in the New Testament to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter two. Now, while you're turning there, Philippians 2 was a book, um, Philippians was a book written by the Apostle Paul to this early church in Philippi. And uh, in this particular section, he's writing about the concept of community. And with the concept of community, what he is laying out, he, he's, he's giving people an idea who are in the church on how to live together. And so he says things like, don't do anything out of selfish ambition, 
or vain conceit, but in humility, just consider others better than yourself. Don't look just to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. And then he goes on to say in chapter two, verse five, he says this. He said, uh, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. See, in this last passage in Matthew chapter 20, we begin to understand the mindset of Jesus, that he came to not to be served, but to serve. Do you ever stop to think about why he did that? It's not just that he came to serve to, in order to set an example for us so we would know how to live. No, see, it goes deeper than that. We're supposed to take on to his mindset. You see, we begin to realize that, that serving was not just something that Jesus did, but that being a servant is who Jesus was. And we begin to understand that in this passage of scripture. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Service wasn't just something that Jesus did. It was, it was who he was. We see in this passage, Jesus in very nature God, fully God, full authority in every way. And yet we also see part of his nature in verse seven, he took on the nature of a servant. It wasn't just what he did. It was, it was who he was. And it goes deeper than that because you see, we as his people, we're created in God's image. Let's, let's, let's unpack that just a little bit for a moment. Turn with me now in your Bibles uh, to Genesis chapter one, first book at the Bible. In order to understand this, we need to go all the way back to the beginning. Let's start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. And uh, we'll go, <laughs> thank you very much. So we can, uh, we can start there, Genesis chapter one. And we see in Genesis chapter one, what do we see? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He creates stars, moon, planets, sun. He creates the earth. He separates uh, you know, water from land. And then he begins to create all the animals, all the, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, all of the living creatures that run on the ground. And then as a culmination of everything that he created, he creates humanity. He creates us. And it says in this passage, Genesis chapter one, verse 27, it says, uh, and, and God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You see, we have been created in the image of a God who is to his core a servant. It's not just what he did, it's who he was. That's the way that he ruled. And God created us in his image for a reason. He said that he put us on the planet in order to rule over it. Not by, not by dominating over the earth, but by, but by being wise stewards of it and, and serving it. That's the way that God created us. But then we know the story that, that for us as mankind, humanity, well, we fell into sin. And since that time, we have been self-centered. 
We have been people who have wanted to, to take rather than to give. We're those who have wanted to dominate over rather than come under and serve. So God sends his son into this world to deal with this issue of sin and to set an example for us, not just so that we would see his example and serve, but we would understand the type of people who we are. That we are people who are created in the image of one who was truly a servant. It's not just what he did, it's who he was. Therefore, service for us, because we're made in God's image, is not just something that we do. It's literally who we are, because we're created in the image of one who is truly a servant. And so, when we do what we have been created to do, it causes us to love our creator more. I have been a person who's been created to be poured into by God that I might grow in my love for him, but that also that my love, grow, my love for him might grow in the way that I am poured out to, uh, onto other people. It's kind, of, it's kind of like this, okay? Let me see if I can exemplify this a little bit. I think that in some ways, um, you and I are created like sponges, okay? You're a sponge, and I'm a sponge. I had a mentor of mine back years ago, a woman named Carol Neal, who, who showed me this as an example. I thought it was great. And uh, she said that, that, that you and I are like a sponge. This is a sponge from my garage. This is what I use to wash my car which I should use way more often than I do. And, uh, and so a sponge, for any of us who use sponges, we know that sponges are created to like absorb water, okay? And they can take a lot of water in, but eventually a sponge gets to a place of where it's fully saturated. It can't take any more in at all. And like, maybe you've seen that before. Like, have you ever seen a sponge that like will like sit in a, in, a, in a bucket like this or a bowl? Maybe it's sitting in the sink just in water. And over time, it's just fully saturated, sitting there in water. And what happens to that sponge? It just gets, it gets like stagnant. And eventually it's just kind of moldy and, and gross. It's because a sponge was never meant just to be saturated and sit in this place of saturation. You see, a sponge in order to be used correctly was meant to be wrung out. And that is, as, as it's wrung out, it has the opportunity then to be able to take more in. But take more in for the perspective of then, once again, being wrung out. See, this is what our lives were supposed to be like. You're a sponge, and I'm a sponge. And if we want to grow in our relationship with God, we need to understand we're sponges. See, for so many of us, when we think of the idea of how we grow in our love for God, there, there are things that come to mind. If I were to ask you, how do you grow in your love for God? I'm guessing that people would say, well, I, I need to go to church, so I'm in church. Uh, I need to worship, I need to pray. Uh, I, need to, I need to probably get in a Bible study. That would be a good thing. I need to get in a life group, like a small group or something like that. I need to be around other Christians who can encourage me. Uh, maybe I wanna find a mentor. I should probably pick up some books on, on theology and read some books on the character of God that I would understand more of who he is, that I could understand that and love him more. Maybe I need to listen to some Christian podcasts. We all find different ways, but so many of the things that we think of, when we think of growing in our love for God, have to do with ways that we are being poured into. And the thing that doesn't often come to mind is the idea of serving, that we're created to be sponges, that we might be people who are poured out and wrung out over the lives of people. 
See, God created us to be people that grow in our love for him when we understand that we're sponges, that we are poured into for the sake of being wrung out over the lives of other people. For me, this really started to come clear when uh, I was in college. Uh, so I graduated from high school in South Florida, and, uh, and not long after graduating, I went, to, I went to Wheaton College in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. It's a small Christian school there, and uh, I was so excited to go because like, I was going to, for the first time, be around like, tons of Christians who were all around my age and stage of life. And, uh, and so I was going to be taking classes in Old Testament and New Testament theology. I was going to be in chapel three times a week. I got involved in two different churches while I was there. I got into a Bible study. Uh, and like I had all sorts of stuff that was just being poured into my life. And yet about halfway through my freshman year, I realized that like my walk with God, it just felt kind of stagnant. Like I just wasn't growing the way that I expected to. And yet I, all this stuff was coming at me. And then uh, about halfway through that year, my, uh, my youth pastor from back home uh, contacted me to see if I would be interested in, uh, in serving with middle school and high school ministry uh, back at my home church for the summer as an intern. And I wasn't sure if I should do it because I just didn't feel like I was growing that much. My walk just felt sort of stale. But I decided after some time that it would be a step I would take. And so I went home for the summer and for 13 weeks, I got to serve middle school and high school students. And as I did that, something started to happen inside of me. Like my prayer life started to change because all of a sudden I wasn't just praying about stuff going on in my own life. I was praying about stuff going on in the lives of these students who I was getting a chance to interact with. You know, I, I, as I was reading scripture, it started to come alive more because I saw situations that were going on in families that I thought these passages would just fit perfectly. I got to teach and help people understand more of that. I started to see God working in the lives of students and it was super humbling to realize that like he was using me in their lives to help them understand who he was. And I'll tell you, during that time, like my love for God, man, it just skyrocketed because I realized in that stage that I was a sponge. I was one who was supposed to be poured into. Is that important? Absolutely. But I'm supposed to be wrung out as well. That's the reason why in scripture we read things like to, to pray without ceasing and uh, to meditate on God's word day and night. And we're also told things like this in Romans chapter one, to never be lacking in zeal, but to keep, keep your spiritual fervor, your spiritual passion, to keep that by serving the Lord. You and I, we're sponges and we're created to be people who have the opportunity to be poured into and wrung out. When we do what we're created to do, we fall in love more with the one who created us to be that way. Now, I'd love to talk more about the subject, but what, here's what I'd really love to do. I'd love to bring somebody out, uh, else out in order to help us more with this conversation. See someone on our staff team who thinks about this idea of reaching people and serving all the time. So would you at all sites, all venues, welcome to the stage with me, Miss Susan DeMell. Hey, Susan. Hey. Hey, thanks so much for being Hi, here. Hi, everybody. 
So, so this is Susan DeMelt. She is our director of impact ministry here yeah. at Blackhawk. And uh, man, thanks so much for taking time just yeah, to be able to it. jump into this. So, okay, I know that for a lot of people around Blackhawk, um, people know who you are because we see you on the screens when we're talking about different things, different endeavors we're going to jump into in the church and ways that we want to serve. Yeah. But I don't know how many people actually know your story. And so I'm wondering if for a minute you can just give people a little bit of background on who you are and how you got into this position. Sure. Well, I grew up just outside of Chicago. And as a kid, I went to church and I believed in God. But it wasn't really until my 20s that I started growing deeper in my faith and serving. And I just started saying yes to a lot of different serving opportunities at the church I was a part of at the time. And I found myself um, coming alongside families fleeing Bosnia, um, coming to Chicago for refuge. I served um, teenagers and seniors and communities in the suburbs and in Chicago and women who had been trafficked in Cambodia and all sorts of things, um, all sorts of people. And I just found that um, I, at times was in a situation where I'd be the only woman or the youngest person, mm. the only single person or the only white person. Mm. And I just would follow wherever I felt God leading me. Yeah. And he really used that. Um, it was really formative. He used it to mold me. And I found um, that I was just created to serve. Yeah. And this, and this like wasn't your job at no, the time. No, I was actually a clothing designer for 10 years. Um, and so I, I did that. I worked, you know, 50-hour weeks or something. But I always found all this time to surf because huh. it just was really life-giving to me. I felt called to it. Hmm. And so I just found um, the time to do that. And then um, eventually just some things happened, and I had an opportunity to come on the staff of that church that I had attended and served at and through. So I came on that staff. And I was in an impact um, ministry. And uh, then fast forward 2009, I came here to lead impact ministry here at Blackhawk. Yeah, um, so that's 10 years. Yeah, so just celebrated 10 years. 10 years, that's pretty awesome. So that's cool. That's fantastic. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, you can clap for that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So then in 2015, I uh, married my husband, Marty. So I think awesome. there he is. There's Marty. Yeah, good deal. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, so um, it doesn't take long to realize um, your passion for this area, but I'd love for you to go a little bit deeper into how has it affected your own walk with Jesus? How has it caused you to love God more? Sure. Um, serving became the heartbeat of my relationship with Jesus, my relationship with God. Hmm. So uh, I knew this guy back when I worked in Chicago um, who he would tell me, you know, the way he connected to Jesus the most and built, you know, and built his relationship with God was to get up super early in the morning, <laughs> really early, and he spent hours and hours reading scripture and journaling, right? Wow. It was just the thing that really drew him closer yeah. to Jesus. And I thought, am I supposed to do that? <laughs> like, first of all, I was not a morning person. I'm still Any not... other non-morning people in the room, yes, all sites, all venues, please, can I get an me. amen from you people? I am yeah. still not a morning person. You can ask my husband or anybody who has to meet with me before 9 a.m. Yeah. I'm, just, I, I, I'm just not wired that way. So I had to figure out, 
okay, well, how do I do that? Like, what, how do I connect um, with God? Um, that's him, that's not me. And I found out and learned that I connect best with God through nature and through serving. Mm. Um, mm. So that was something that was a huge learning for me, which was great. Um, so I believe absolutely that reading scripture is important, that going to church is important, all those things that we're supposed to do, all of that. And I do that. It's kind of like what you talked about mm -hmm. earlier, right? But there was something when I served, something about it. It just activated mm. all those other things. Um, it just brought all of that to life and made all that just part of my walk with God, my walk with Jesus, and it just grew my love for God. Yeah, yeah. And so one of uh, the scriptures, actually, that serving activated for me was Micah 6.8. Hmm. So I think we have it up there. The NIV version says, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Now, I love how Eugene Peterson puts it in the message as well. But he's already made it plain how to live, what to do, what God's looking for in men and women. It's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> take God seriously. Mm. That's awesome. So I just love how simple that is. I, um, I think, you know, God is not wanting us to just be these rule followers, right? He's looking to find in us a humble heart that loves him, that loves others, and, and tries to do good, seeks to do good. Mm. Okay, so humble heart yeah. that seeks to do good in the lives <laughs> of others. Give us an example of where yeah. you've experienced something like that. So I have, through serving, learned humility. Um, I have learned that I'm in need of service. I'm, uh, I'm in need of that as well. I... Um, as I came alongside people and served them, and as we related to one another, I was not their savior, Jesus is. Um, I was as much in need of a savior as anybody. Mm. And so we learned um, from each other. Um, so I have a story that kind of yeah. illustrates it. So um, way back when I was at this event, and I was sitting next to this guy, and I could tell and knew the organization he had come from and knew um, he was in a homeless situation. He was experiencing homelessness at the time. And he was wearing like a ripped flannel shirt and his jeans, jeans were all dirty and he looked just wiped out, like exhausted. And I was all dressed up and looked like I was put together and had my hair cut like a little newscaster for some reason. It was, <laughs> I don't know, it was what was Would in- Would like to see that. Was in what, what was in style. Um, but really inside, internally, I was a mess. I was going through some stuff. I was really sad. And I remember thinking, I, I should help this guy. Mm. <laughs> like, I'm supposed to, you know, as a, as a Christian, help, help him. He's got a hard life. Yeah. You know? So before I can even think of anything, this guy turns to me, looks me in the eye, and says, it's going to be okay. And I... I just like, I wow. lost it. I just, wow. I just broke down because I hadn't said anything to this guy and I wasn't visibly like crying or anything. Mm. So I felt as if Jesus was looking at me through this guy's eyes. Mm. 
And anybody there, I bet, before I broke down, would have thought, oh, she's helping him. Yep. Yeah, look at that. Um, and they would have been wrong mm. because he was actually showing me compassion in that moment and serving me. Mm. So it was amazing. So, yeah. so God has used serving so much with me, yeah. so, so, so much to grow me spiritually and to grow my love for others, but most of all, to grow my love for him. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, so I want to turn the corner for just a minute, and I'd like to um, shoot a few questions at you because I know that for a lot of people, myself included, there's seasons where we're not serving. We have different reasons why, some of the ones that I hear, and so I'd like to just yeah. shoot some of them at you just to see what you think. Okay, one thing I hear is someone else will do it. <laughs> I think everybody thinks that, yeah. actually. And, but then um, needs go unmet and volunteer positions go unfilled. Um, so recently I had an interesting experience. Somebody came up to me um, a little while ago and said, um, do you really need people like helping in the garden? Because like I see people out there, that's not really, you really don't need people, right? And I said, yes, <laughs> we really actually do. It takes a lot to, to do that garden and to get food on the table yeah. uh, of families, homes in Dane County. I mean, it, that takes a lot. And um, it can be easy in a church like this, a yeah. big place like this, in a big community like Dane County, right, to just think, oh, it's taken care Everybody of. Else Everybody else has got it. Everybody's doing it, right? Yeah. When it's not necessarily the case. Yep. So, you know, impact can help with this. Um, our other ministries can help too. We have different um, serving opportunities that can kind of, yeah. you know, help with that. So. Good deal. Okay, another one that I hear. I just don't have time. Yeah. Okay, so listen, I can't be the judge of how other people spend their time. Mm -hmm. I know there's people who are um, really stretched thin because of life circumstances going on. It's a season and they just don't have anything else to yep. give. So we understand that. I get it. But uh, the reality is that we find time for what we really care about, mm. right? So if some of us would look at how we spend some of our time, we might find, um, like someone I know, uh, that we spend our time, uh, a lot of time, binge watching like The Crown on Netflix. It sounds rather personal. So uh, That person's me, by the way, <laughs> if, you if you didn't catch that. That person's yep. me. So I do that. So when I look at how I spend my time, it can be kind of convicting. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, yeah. um, another one. Uh, okay, I had a bad experience one time serving, so I just haven't wanted to jump back in because of that. What would you say to, I've had a bad experience? Um, try again. That's deep. <laughs> it's really deep. Well, like, come on. Like, so you go right to get a meal, one meal at one restaurant, and it's a, not a good experience. Are, yeah. you, are you never going to ever, ever go to a restaurant again in your life? Right. No. You're not writing off all restaurants not because write of one bad off. experience. So don't write everything off. Don't write all serving off. Just try again. That's good. Okay. Those are all really, really good answers. Okay. So um, wrapping up, mm -hmm. any final thoughts just on the whole concept of serving and the way it affects our love for God? Yeah. So sometimes when we serve, you know, unexpected things can happen. You can go to serve and you can actually learn like you have a gift you didn't really know you had 
or your feelings might get hurt because you did something maybe you didn't realize you weren't supposed to do or whatever it is. And so you learn from it, you go to God with all of it, he uses it, and then you serve again, Mm. right? And then that whole process, that whole thing, all of it, ends up just fueling your love for God. You just Mm. end up loving God more. Mm. And at least that's what has happened in my life. Yeah, love, serve, grow. That's awesome. Hey, can we give Susan a round of applause? All sites, all venues, one more time. Thanks so much. Thanks. So, you know, um, we're sponges. We're created to be people who have the opportunity to be poured into and then wrung out over the lives of others. And so I just want to make a challenge today to any of you at all of our sites, all of our venues who would consider Black Hawk Church your home. Would you get in the game with us if you're not serving already? Would you take time today to talk with somebody and, uh, and just find out more information? And I don't say that because we have needs. I say that because I believe to my core that we grow in our relationship with our creator when we do what we were created to do. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much that you um, came to, to reestablish this kingdom where we would be people who would be willing to serve, not because we're just trying to be like you, but because we are like you. You created us in your image. Would you help us to be able to grasp onto that, that we ultimately would fall more in love with you by the way that you use us in this world. We thank you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. All God's people together said, amen.